0: I'm your host, Jay Wald, and this is another weekly podcast of Deeper Dive, brought to you by Plantation SDA Church. This is season five episode four, and my wonderful co-host Dawn, who is not here today, she is uh, away, and she wishes she could join because she sent us some nice questions to ask this wonderful guest, so we continue to keep her in your prayers and his family. Thank you. And we'd also like to thank all our podcast listeners for taking the time out. We really appreciate the fact you take the time out to listen to these messages, Lord. And we hope that you continue to be blessed in what you hear and pass on to others. And as always, any comments, any concerns and questions that you may have, please contact us via WhatsApp 954 8780 and last but not least, as I was told, <laughs> I have a wonderful person. She's been on her before, and she is truly my other half. And I want to bring on my beautiful wife, Elder Dionne Walton. Welcome, sweetie.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I'm <laughs> happy to back. be here. Thank you. Welcome back. Welcome back. What is this, about your six or seventh time?
1: I believe it is. I believe it
0: is. <laughs> It's always a pleasure to have you on. We want to thank you. Thank you for, for just taking the time while You had a wonderful message this past Sabbath, and we're going to get right to the heart of it. Um, as always, before we do, we're going to pray and we'll be underway. Okay. Father God, thank you once again for all you've done for us, Lord. Lord, we're not worthy, but Lord, your grace and mercy abounds. Continue to bless this podcast. Uh, bless the facilitators, Lord. Bless the speaker, and bless the hosts and co-hosts, Lord. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen
1: amen
0: well i tell you all right so before we start we finishing up our our 10 days of prayer which was the theme was the priorities of faith and we want to thank all the previous speakers starting off with pastor gordon lindsey uh he spoke about three different subjects um we also have principal stevenson who also uh had a wonderful message sister Lourdes. after that we had uh, Elder Fred, of course, and he finished out. And then, of course, and it finished out with my wife with her wonderful message called The Amazing Race Heaven's Crown. Question I want to ask for you before we start. <laughs> What's so wonderful about it is the fact that this message was so timely uh, of what you have sent about The Amazing Race. And my first question I want to ask you is, what inspired you to come up with this? Uh, theme, Amazing Race.
1: Very good question, Joseph. I came up with that question when I looked at um, our theme, the Mm -hmm. uh, theme for the World Church, the priorities of faith and looking at the culmination of the 10 days, the final celebration. And I felt like the final celebration would be something that as we are walking this journey of faith or running this journey of faith, Mm -hmm. the ultimate or the pen ultimate goal is to get to heaven. And so I just smiled because in 2021, so this uh, topic or this title in 2021 during COVID I I did share pieces of the sermon and I had titled my sermon then heaven, the coming glory. So when I saw priorities of faith and recognizing that the culmination of a believer's faith is heaven i saw it and i said you know it would be so good to see, you know to kind of just walk it out or explain this race that we are on and the ultimate destination heavens crown so that is why i titled it the amazing race because it is an amazing race it is, yes, it is. the most amazing race that will ever run for any person who's born in this world you know yeah. knowing that what christ did for us so i thought the amazing race but not to just end with the amazing race but the ultimate destination which is getting the reward being with christ and it will be heaven's crown
0: amen amen that's the human race you're exactly right thank you for that next question you in your sermon you spoke about the you spoke about what john saw in his vision the new jerusalem I mean, you come up with these numbers and that just blew my mind. And I know that uh, I believe at the time, Pastor Gordon Lilly, Lindsay was uh, listening in because <laughs> he's a mathematician. As you said, I can imagine those numbers coming to him. He's probably thinking, wow, you know, the dimensions. Talk to us more about that vision that John saw you know, of the new Jerusalem.
1: Sure. So I think for us, for us as believers that the Bible really comes alive because it is um, it is a promised reality. Like heaven is a promised reality. It's like sometimes we do a cursory approach and we go there and we just kind of just gloss over and it doesn't become real to us. Mm-hmm. And I feel like because of what we're seeing going on, all the current of events that are happening around us in recent years, even now, I think heaven is becoming more real. I believe that a lot of people are hurting. Mm-hmm. A lot of people's hope, their faith, is wavering. And I just felt like uh, to describe this city and, and I'm just from a very minuscule vantage point, I'm just what the Bible shows. And with, Mm -hmm. I'm not a a theologian. Um, I'm just a lay person just looking at it and just being in love with God and just reading. and, And I'm very imaginative. So just looking at how John the last of, sorry, the last of the apostles How he, after getting that vision, how he explained this. And and, and the Bible really gives a very clear description, an amazing description of Mm -hmm. this new city, because they said that it is like a bride beautifully adorned for her husband. I know many of us, if you look at it, when you're going to a wedding and, you know, everyone wants to see the bride, you know, it's like, it's not so much, you know, know, it's the bride and you want to see her beautiful gown. And just, there's just something about so special about, about that day. And to, recognize that this new jerusalem that john describes and how massive of a of of a a city just the city itself it's it's not even the whole earth is just god is moving his headquarters (laughs) i get Hmm. excited
0: god is moving his headquarters
1: from heaven (laughs) to earth and then john is giving us this um Description in, in, in different version, it gives a little bit of uh, variance with the uh, dimension, but, but using the King, the new King James version and the, the King James version, it tells you that this city is a perfect square. It's like a cube. So mm-hmm. its length, its breadth, its uh, height, they're equal. and Fifteen hundred miles each, and a furlong is six hundred and sixty. So if you multiply a furlong, which is six hundred and sixty feet, by fifteen hundred, you get nine hundred and ninety thousand feet high. Nine hundred and ninety thousand feet. I can't even count that high. And and that's massive. It's 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 almost like it's hard to wrap your mind around. As I said, as I explained that. This goes way past Earth's atmosphere. It goes past the stratosphere. It goes past where the the weather satellite, where Elon Mm -hmm. Musk and all these spy satellite would be. It goes way past that. And Mm -hmm. this is how massive the city and beautiful the city is. And this is that city that Jesus promised the disciples and promised us by extension in John 14 that I go to prepare a place and I will come again. And it is just so much in in that promise that he has made for us. So I wanted to encourage, I wanted to give that Colorful description to those who may be wavering or those who maybe needed a picker upper to just say, Hold on, because Jesus said that he's coming back and he has he's coming back with a, a finished city. He's coming back to dwell with us forever. He's the Emmanuel. That's what he said, Emmanuel, God with us. And so his he's so faithful in his promises that everything he said, it will become. A reality for us mm-hmm. if we hold on, and so that's why you find different places in the Bible that He tells you, "Don't grow weary in this race. Don't go weary of doing well, because the race of faith is not just um, it's it, it's just a metaphor for running a race, but there are things that we're doing while we're running this race, and we can say so we walk in this race. It's it's how we live."
0: Amen. Thank you for that. Don had a nice question uh, for you she asked the details of the heavenly sanctuary how important is it to keep those details in the forefront of our minds
1: it's very important especially now where there's just this tsunami of information disinformation misinformation where so many um teachings are out there there's so many things that's competing the mind competing for the mind of the believer. And um, I find that sometimes Christians, because they feel that uh, heaven is like Jesus is not, you know, is delayed. He's not coming anytime soon or, or, you know, they've heard it since they were a child, like growing up as a child, I hear that Jesus is coming soon and Mm -hmm. I haven't seen him coming. People tend to get distracted. So it is fundamentally important for us as believers as we see these signs because Christ has forewarned us that we should see the signs, that we should study the signs, the signs of the times. He did that Mm -hmm. um, just before he left. He told the disciples that they need to look at certain signs when they need to leave the city of Jerusalem. And we know that in AD 70, that when the Romans came in and burned the temple, that right. some of the the, the the Christians or the believers who were studying and watching the, the signs of the time, some of them escaped while others did not because the Romans laid laid siege to the city and it was devastating for some of them. He, they starved them out to death, to, um, hmm. starved to death. I say all of that because it's, Critically important, you know, when I talk to some Christians, I hear they say that, oh, it's so depressing watching the news. Oh, it's so depressing, I just don't want to know about these things. It it's fundamentally important for us as Christians to understand the signs of the time in prayer. So yes. as we're watching the signs of the time, we're getting our minds ready and focused. So having the the dimension and and the description of the new Jerusalem, it's it would be more like the um the focus right now its not just the, the new Jerusalem that we know that we're going to be caught up and we're going to go be with Christ a thousand year, the millennium, the millennium. But the fact that he is the one to say, fix your gaze, you know, in, in book of Isaiah 26, I believe it said that um, you will hear a voice behind you saying, do not look to the left or to the right, that you should fix your eyes and Jesus, this is the way walk in it. So mm. having that, As a christian that trajectory that focus that alignment it's like that linear focus as a christian it keeps you focused less distracted because you know that this is what christ has promised um this is what he wants you to be focusing on to say if i go i'm gonna come back for you so you should really have that as the goal, you should really have that as the hope that keeps your hope alive. So anytime you get discouraged, you're thinking, okay, Christ has promised for me this, and not only for this city, this city is a city where sin will never enter. So Mm -hmm. everything that we're going through, the tribulation, the hardship, the trials, one day they will all cease. And we're going to be with God himself, in a place where there is just pure bliss, like Eden restored, because that's what new Jerusalem, that's what the new earth is going to be. That relationship with man and God that is unbroken. That is the perf- the perfection of that relationship where man can have that face-to-face communion with God. And it's not boring because I know some people are like, okay, so okay, I'll, what after? We, we saw in the book of Genesis that when he created Eden, and he placed man in Eden, man yes. had task, but the task was a beautiful task. He had to work, but it was beautiful, the kind of work. So we will be able to go about our daily activities. I don't know what it's going to be like, but we're not going to just sit around as my little cousin would have said that when he thought about heaven, he thinks it's boring because it's like <laughs> you just see a bunch of people just sitting and singing song day in, day out. Heaven is going to be more than that. Uh, if we l- really look at it, and I said, just keeping the reality of heaven in mind, with what God, with where we are, ha- have come as a civilization from the beginning of time with the Garden of Eden, with technology and science and education, just just the advancement where man's mind is at, where man can go to space. Do yes. we ever think that the new Jerusalem, God would just have us sitting around, not doing anything, not using you know, what he has given us. I don't know what it's going to be like, but I think that our hope is that we want to make it there. We want to be um, faithful to hold on, to run this race, knowing that we're not doing this alone, because it's not a race that we can run alone. It is Christ, as I had mentioned in, in my sermon in Hebrews 2, that it said that Christ himself has run the very course of of
0: this life, that
1: he is the ultimate price of this course, of this race that we're running, that he's the apostle of our faith. So Mm -hmm. everything we do revolves around Christ, that Christ is our center. And so it is important for us to have that practical view of heaven in mind, knowing that how we live is dependent on where we're going to spend our destiny. And that destiny that I'm talking about is heaven. So Amen. Paul live because he said that he's coming back to give every man according to their work shall be, that he's rewarding us. And so that reward that we if we keep that in mind, we're getting a reward, the crown of life and it's just eternal life. That is amazing. That is something that I believe should get the Christian excited every day when we know that. You know, no more, you know, we don't have to turn on the news and hear sadness or we don't have to attend another funeral or we don't have to, you know, just see things that, you know, like in Africa or some of the sufferings that we see yeah. going on in the world right now. We know that there's a better place, the promised land that Christ himself has promised us and that he is coming back and that he's coming back very soon. And in our in our time, in just just looking at time in God's purview of time.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Christ has not come because many of us know, if we just to be honest with ourselves, that we know that um, this plague, COVID ravaged the whole world, the whole community of people. Mm -hmm. And if we just look at us individually and just take an assessment of our lives and say, if Christ would have come back in the heart of COVID, would we have been ready? And I think some of us truthfully and honestly could say, no, you know, we we thought we were, but we when we look at our lives now, we recognize that we were not. Christ yeah. is delayed because Christ wants all men to be saved. We know that it is by their volition, it is by their decision, they're going to choose whether or not to serve him or not to serve him. But Christ's delay is as a result of Christ wanting the gospel, you and I, Joseph, Yes. To spread the gospel, to share this wonderful news, to tell sinners that there is a better choice, the best there's hope, choice. Hope. There's hope. There's there's life that when, when someone dies, they don't have to mourn hopelessly, saying that this is it, and have some other beliefs that this person is gonna come back as a cow or a fly or something like <laughs> oh, that. Yeah, that I've heard those. Day, yes, we're gonna, yes, the reincarnation.
0: In in your sermon, you spoke about the universe, how people are end up being like universe worshippers. It's like how do why are they so caught up in that instead of the creator?
1: I said because there is a um this has been a while, but there has been a increased proliferation of universe worshipers. And truth be told, some of these universe worshipers are iconic figures Mm -hmm. in society that have mass following. It is so easy for people nowadays not to give credit to God because I think we're living in an age of materialism Mm -hmm. where people themselves see themselves as mini gods. So if you can create a God that you can manipulate or a God that you that it's you're not accountable to that God or whatever their conjugation or whatever their mindset about this universe of worshiping nature and the universe. I think that it's because people are so caught up with themselves. They're so caught up with their inward focus of who they are, that they have debased the awe of God. They have brought our high God down. So in order for them to relate to a God of their own making, they have to choose another God than the God who is eternal, who's transcendent, who is infinite, and who is just all powerful and self-existent because of Mm -hmm. their lack of reverence, you know, and and then I go to another scripture in, in Romans 1, you know, it tells us that that they're served the creature over the creator. And if we continue to practice that kind of wickedness, that kind of iniquity, God is going to turn them over to a depraved mindset and i think this is why this is one of the major signs of the time to tell you that this is where we're living in. it's no different it's like i think some people may be surprised that we're seeing this it's no different this happened in the days of antiquities people used to have shrines where they used to go up on the mountains and they have their their trees that they would put shrines and put any relics that they worship so this is really a repackaging of it but now it's a universe And um, the Lord talks about it. Mm -hmm. Um, it He talks about it in the book of Ezekiel, you know, with these people who they worship the the stars, the host of heaven. And so we see that it is paganism that is just being repackaged. It is not something new. It's paganism that is being repackaged. It's idolatry that is being repackaged. And it has been prepackaged in a 21st century, attractive, alluring, seductive way. But we know behind it, it is demon worship. It's Not nothing but worship, and yeah. and the, the the sheer fact that God is being debased and His creation is being accentuated over Him is just it just show you how diamet- how um which would you say how debased and how um
0: far powerful,
1: maybe? as a society as a civilization that mm-hmm. no we have taken the glory from God and have given it to his creation. I got you. And so you will find that. You find that these religions that are coming in, they're in vogue, and and, um, they're widely accepted by the world's community because in it, um, the universe, it doesn't speak. You know, they say that um, the universe does this course correction through energy. So it's like man, you know, um, telling you that, you know, you have to. You have certain energy that you give, and then if you give good energy and give good light, it comes back, which is just hogwash, right? <laughs> but it's, it's really hogwash. Um, mm-hmm. But they're deceived. It's a part of the great deception. It's a bigger bigger deception that is at play. And as I said in Romans one, that when God gives them over, that the depravity of man just continues to get more depraved and it just is a downward spiral from it. And this is also one of the central, signs of the times to let people know that we're really at the end. We're really, 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 really at the end where Christ will be coming soon. Because he said that if he did not shorten the days for the very elect, for those he has elected, um, and it's not the doctrine of election, for those who have accepted him, that it would, you know, if he he did not, if he didn't shorten the days, no one would be left saved when he comes because it is so it's so pervasive. It's mm-hmm. so it's so um far-reaching that if we're not careful, even the things that we do, it becomes so subliminal that it becomes so pervasive in our everyday that you find that even conversations you'll have, you have to be very careful because it's 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 like changing the language, changing the mindset of people to say, okay, you can have a God, because a universe worshipper believes that. They are mini gods. They literally believe that they are many gods. Mm. So they're setting themselves up to take the glory from the God who is the only God, the immortal God, the invisible God. And they're taking that and putting credence on themselves to say that they are gods. And so that they can impact their universe and, and they can impact their destiny. So it's yeah. it's very important as Christians that we know to what is truth and how to distinguish truth from error and how, and how not to be allured by these last days deceptions, because this is one of the biggest deception. And, and I can and I tell you, I see some iconic figures and they have influence and if they say something like the universe tells me people are going to research it especially you have a generation of younger people who because they're they find themselves to be spiritual and that's what they say themselves like to be a universe i'm spiritual but i'm not religious you know and Mm -hmm. spiritual just mean that you can burn sage or do whatever ritual that you think you can do but you're really doing it to appease the inner God within you. I have actually gone to a new age church. And the reason I've gone to that new age church is someone had invited me. I invited someone to my church, this plantation SDA. And they say, you first have to come to my church. And so I happened to have gone to her new age church. And I remember that time when I'd gone, it was around Easter and they had, um, Someone I don't know, remember what they call her person who would be like a pastor, but it's a different name. And she asked the congregants to close their eyes. And she said, You know, like she was saying, she said, Easter is not about Jesus Christ, Easter is about you, it's the God in you that mm. matters. So, I'm t- so I'm t- and, and, and my friend, she was totally innocent. I don't believe she's still a follower right now, but I'm just saying that she was so caught up in in that new age universe you know worship that i know she pulled away you know when i invited her to church and, and you know she pulled away but but it is really universe worship is just man worshiping themselves
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. thank you savannah really appreciate that last question yes. we have from dawn uh yes. she asked how can we love god and prioritize him daily
1: how can we love God and and prioritize Him daily? And that's a that's a I think of all the questions you, you've asked. I think this is so seminal um, because when you prioritize God, when you and I prioritize God, we, in reciprocation, are prioritized by God. <laughs> you yes, see yes. what? If, if we prioritize God, then God prioritizes us. You know, yes. sometimes we are worried. And, you know, we, we seek other avenues before we go to God, what he says and, and he, his word is, it doesn't change. And it's, and it's not um some very exclusive formula. Like, you know, you have to find out when he said in Matthew six, verse 33, seek first my kingdom mm-hmm. and all my righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. It never changes. If so it is just so important for us as believers to carve out time first priority we give god before your day is started before you get dressed for work before you make that pot of tea or before you get ready if you have if you have never done you know so it is just so important and we see the model we see christ as the prime example how he lived his life that he would first give the father his time, his devotional time, mm-hmm. and then he will go and minister to the people and he will go about his father's business. And And we can say we go about our father's business, whether we work in the marketplace or different industry. When we give God first place, then we are vertically aligned with him and then he can lead and direct and guide us. And that is why it's so critically important. It's not hard. I think we have talked about it in different ways um, that you have a devotional life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it has a consistent devotional life, meaning, you know, you can start out, you know, I know it's not norm. And I'm going to say, um, morning devotion. I know someone says, oh, I'm not a morning person. I do it in the evening. I'm telling you, it's very important that you start in the morning, right? You start yes. in the morning, you start your day right, you order your day right, you pray to God, pray to him, you know, and say, Lord, I'm not a morning person. I want you to help me to Take, take time before the, the day is awakened and everything just start to, life start to come into full play and I'm getting busy and I just want to sit with you. Whether it be 10 minutes and you cultivate that time, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whenever, you know, however long, but make it a real quality time that you're sitting with him. Because when you make that priority for him, he's going he to meet with you every Amen. morning. and Every and morning. On that that he's there and he's waiting for you then you get in the word you start to sit in the word of god and to meditate on his word, because he said that there are certain things that he wants to reveal to us, but he can't reveal it to us if we are not spending time in the word, quality yeah. time, I'm talking, not quantity, quality time, being present in the moment, be, be not be distracted, just ask the Holy Spirit. It may take a little bit. You know, you may get a little distracted because by our own nature we, and our own default, we we tend to get very distracted easily. Mm-hmm. But if you ask God to help you to cultivate that discipline, and start to spend time in prayer in his word in meditation then you will have that kind of lifestyle where you are prioritizing God where it becomes a lifestyle it is not it's it's, it's not something that um it's an on and off it is your way of life it's your template it's a principle yeah. by which you live by it's the principle that Christ lives by and so because he's our master and because he's our example that's how we live and then as the Holy Spirit begin now to help us to see how we need to walk this, uh, run this, this faith, um, this journey of faith. It's, what we do outside of being having this relationship with Christ is how we yes. operate in the community, in our church community, in our world community at work, and having the Holy Spirit to see us. One of it is witnessing, one of it is 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 giving back to our, our community. One of it is using our gifts, our talents, our influence. You know, yes. these are all things that Christ requires of us. And this is a part of running that race of faith. It is not to sit idly by and say, oh, Jesus is coming back. It's like, you've put a purpose on my life, God, and I want to live that purpose to the fullest of my abilities through the power of the Holy Spirit. So show me today what you want me to do. And as you begin to commune with God, God start to commune with you, and you're starting to hear Him more clearly, because He did say that His sheep hear His voice, and they know Him. So He'll tell you things. I hear things. You know me. You know me. That I've had this emotional life, yes, that over the years is 20 something years he can wake me up at one o'clock and i i just roll out of the bed two o'clock because what i've cultivated that 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 discipline over the years the holy spirit have helped me to cultivate that so i'm presently aware At any time when he wants, and even if I'm not presently aware, he's so kind and gracious that he may wake me up three mornings the same time. And then maybe the third morning, I say, oh, God, you're trying to get my attention here. But I always tell him I'm so available to you that whenever you want me, if it is three o'clock, two o'clock, one a.m. in the morning, whatever time you want me. I'm going to give you that first priority. And then you're going to recognize what true peace that even when you're going through the storms of life, the, the crucibles, the, the very challenging times of life mm-hmm. because you have prioritized him, his word is in you. It's a very core, core discipline of the journey of faith. To yes. Prioritize God. It is so, if, if, if anything I could leave or in, in culminating this podcast, is just to say get with God he wants to have that intimate time with us and if ever a time we need to have an intimate devotional time where we're prioritizing him mm-hmm. as I said for the morning and I would ask that we pray because there's so many things that bombards us when we go through the door you know just just the daily activities but when you set your mind right with him like the daily manner the manner that that god fed the children of israel the manna came before the sun rises and we can use that metaphorically that you know before the the the, the stuff of life hits us why not center ourselves and align ourselves with the one who nourishes us with bread from heaven to give us daily guidance and to sustain us as we walk and run as we run this journey this amazing race this
0: amazing race amen yes. because heaven heaven's the crown wonderful yes thank you thank you so much for that i tell you now i guess people need to know why I'm with this great woman you can see why now <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you so much sweetie and you know, as we always do you know before we close out we ask you if you can kindly leave us it out in the word of prayer
1: Sure. And thank you again for this opportunity and um the media ministry and just the, you you know, Cassandra, Eduardo, just Dawn, just the whole, you guys have been faithful over the years, you know, with this Deeper Dive podcast and all the other um, media platforms that you use to propagate the gospel. I I pray God that will bless you and bless your families, that he will continue to expand and give you guys new territory so that, you know, the message that that you guys are um, sending out week after week that hearts will receive it and lives will be changed. Let us pray. Father, we're so grateful for your love for us. We're thankful, God, that Jesus Christ, that you promised that you were going away and that you will come again, that where you are, there we will be also with you as your children. Father, we're running this amazing race And we're looking forward to heaven's crown. We're looking forward, Father, to coming to that city, the new Jerusalem, that beautiful city, a perfect city, a city of jewels, perfectly adorned for a bride. And your church is your bride. And so, God, we want to be faithful as we run this race. So, Lord, I pray for those who will hear this podcast when it goes out and for those who will hear it in perpetuity, that there will be something in it that will revive and reignite their hope and that as they keep their focus and their gaze fixed on Jesus, let them run this race. Run it, Lord, knowing that Christ is right there, that you're right there leading us on, cheering us on, that your angels are there to help us and that, Father, we want to hear you say to us when we would have run this race and would have come, Lord, to the end of this race and be, O God, transported into heaven up into the new Jerusalem to hear you say, well done, well done, Dion, well done, Joseph, well done, well done, my child. God, this is what we seek. This is what we desire. May you hear our prayers. May you help us, Lord, to win the crown of life as we fix our gaze on Jesus Christ. We bless you and we thank you for giving us the privilege through Jesus Christ to be called children of the most high God help us to stay faithful help us to stay buoyant in faith help us to be filled with love as we run this race and that we would be Christ to everyone we meet in Jesus name we pray amen
0: amen thank you so much elder we appreciate that thank you